see the sunrise creeping in Everything changes like the desert wind Here she comes and then she's gone again And I'm oh, yeah. just a traveler on this earth Yeah, the pedal string just cries just, yeah, just enough, yeah. like Pedal steel, pedal string. <laughs> What's the fanatic to Yep. The, I think that the like the rhythm section is kind of the star of the song. Definitely the drums. Yeah. That hi hat. And these Blink 182 harmonies. Dude, <laughs> I love country music yeah. where it's lead vocal and one background. Yeah, yeah. Love it. That's kind of like the the, the standard. Yeah. Also, I always like appreciate country music doing like like the whoever's doing the support vocal uh-huh. is like a different gender. Yes. A lot. Yes. I think that's really cool. Yeah. It sounds like it could it's like Sounds like an Alabama song, like the band Alabama, right. if they weren't like cheesy as fuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because his voice is like by far the grittiest sounding thing on there. Yeah. Everything else is like very clean, clean. but authentic. Yeah, oh yeah. The word clean has been co-opted by, like, people who think that means, like, it sucks and has no character. Right, it's like, right. things can be clean and have character, too. Right. Ever heard of the Dalai Lama? <laughs> He's clean. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Listen to This, a podcast in which we explore songs we like. We research what they mean, how they were recorded, why they were written, why we like them, and why you should listen to this. Today's track is Traveler by Chris Stapleton. Not The Traveler. Traveler. <laughs> Traveler. Which, which I could not get over. I wrote <laughs> The Traveler like 250 times. <laughs> it was released on April 27, 2015. Um, my Bar Mitzvah was April 27, 2002, I think. I, <laughs> so when I saw that date, I was immediately uh, thought about like singing in front of a bunch of Jews. <laughs> Something I know Chris, Chris Stapleton knows a lot about. Right. <laughs> It, the song was produced by legendary ATLian. Yeah, dude, Dave ATL, Cobb. man. Yeah, respect. It's yeah. like, I've always thought Atlanta had more country music sauce than Nashville. And like, I know this was recorded in Nashville and Dave Cobb's a Nashville guy now. Yeah. And Stapleton's Nashville. But I'm ta- I'm, er, we're, we're claiming this one yeah. for Atlanta. <laughs> Anything Dave Cobb works on, I'm like, oh, he's from Atlanta. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, it's just like Australian people with Kyrie Irving. Right, <laughs> right, 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 right. Uh, the song won the Grammy for best country solo performance. And like, the, of course. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of, he sort of came out of nowhere. Like people like to pretend like they knew who he was. Cause he was around. He was, he was a writer of some songs, but not like. The biggest hit songs of all time. Right. It wasn't like Max Martin came out with like no, a country right, music right, right, album. right, right, right. But he did just kind of come out of nowhere and was just like, I'm the man Strange, now. Yeah. Like, I'm it. Yeah, I don't remember. It was just like one day, one day he was just yeah. like a star. I think like part of it too is just like he has this classic country quality to him. Yeah. But he understands what modern music is. 
Yeah. Like a lot of these songs could be modern. If you changed up things about the production and some of the lyrics, they could be like Florida Georgia line songs. You're right. Um, but he, because of who he is and the lyrics and the production, like they don't sound like that at all. Exactly. But I think that was able to like hook audiences that maybe would have been less receptive to like a more authentic country music sound. I agree. Yeah. Like this people that don't like country music, like Chris Stapleton. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that damn Tennessee whiskey song, which I am oh, yeah, over with. Like That's I can't <laughs> listen to that song, but it's crazy. Like people that don't listen to country music are like, oh, I love this That's Tennessee whiskey song. I, you know? I get it too. Like every time I play anywhere and I'm like covering like, an R&B song from like the 90s on solo bass and, right. and somebody comes up and is like can you they see a guitar and they're yeah. like can you do Chris Stapleton Tennessee whiskey <laughs> I'm like yeah I guess I like Fire uh, Away I guess I'm starting, Fire Away is great too yeah, yeah and for me Fire Away sounds like it could be like a Mariah Carey song yeah yeah that's why I like yeah. it yeah and that's why the songs like Fire Away and Traveler have like such great right, accessibility because they have they they do have like a lot of pop in them yeah which me it, to me, like the things that they take from pop is that they have really singable melodies. Yes. And they're very concise. Yes. There's not like a lot of preamble on, on the traveler. Right. Like it pretty much comes in and then just it's keeps going. going. Yeah. Very pop song. Like we're gone. Yeah. It's in. The song was inspired by some soul searching in the desert. Which of I which I love. It's of like course. of course the song was written about this. Yeah. According to Stapleton, quote, My father passed away in October and I had a single die around the same time on radio. So I needed a little head clearing space. Mm. My wife had the presence of mind to know me well enough that I needed that. She bought me an old Jeep out in Phoenix, Arizona, and we flew out there and decided to drive it home. Along the way, just driving through the desert, I was thinking about life and how we're just passing through it. And that's what this song is. That's it's so pretty, cool. It's like, that's, yeah. Man, I love this song. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I love about the song, though, is the range, the key that it's in. That vocal range yeah. and that background vocal, the female, it makes you feel like you can sing the song. Like I'm just driving, I'm just driving in the car, yeah. song, and I just like have this urge to just start belting the song, even though I cannot sing. Yeah, but it makes you want to sing. But it makes you want to sing. And I and I like I like the message of the lyrics. I think that's cool. Like yeah. any song that you know comforts the the anguish we all face with fearing death. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, you're putting something out in the world that's real and people could use. Like yeah. if like when I cross on over to the other side, like I have this rhythm in my head, I'll, right. I'll probably go to heaven. Right. <laughs> probably, probably. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> Are they letting Jews into heaven these days? I'm kidding. No comments. No comments. Um, this song's so cool, man. I, the first thing I wanted to ask you about is, um, you know, a lot of the songs we do are, are some modern songs that have a lot of like fake instruments. Yeah. This is all real, 100%. How do you mix that many string instruments? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> every, like, there's pretty much, pretty much the whole <laughs> band is all string yeah, instruments. Yeah. Like, besides the drums, besides the, the drums. Singer, although I guess like, are our vocal cords like yeah, kind of strings? Like, yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, piano is a percussion instrument. That's right. my favorite. Oh, that's the go-to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I actually said that in a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you're right. It is a percussion it is, instrument. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. But it's but, like one of it's one of those things like you get on trivia night. For it's sure. Like, it's like it is it is in definition, right. but not in practice. kind of if like if the strings weren't there, it would yeah. sound like shit. Well, it's kind of, sort of like when people um say like irregardless isn't a word it's like yes you're technically correct and right. yet if i said that at any point 
people, people would know understand. what I meant. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, a little tangent about words there. Right. <laughs> and the piano. It should be called the traveler, damn it. <laughs> Prepositions. <laughs> or a traveler. A traveler. There it is. I'm just a traveler. Chris Stapleton needs to listen to me. He obviously <laughs> Um Man, so like, how do you mix, how do you find room for all those instruments that are essentially like the same? Yeah, they, what they did a good job of in this production is all the stringed instruments are playing in a different register. Yeah. There's the acoustic playing the low. Then you have like the Strat Tele mm-hmm. doing like the cool high thing. Yeah. And then you have like the nice crying pedal steel, which is kind of soaring above everything. And obviously the bass is down low. Oof. So nothing, there's, even though there's all these stringed instruments, nothing really fights because they're all in different ranges. Yeah, and the, and like the rhythm, I feel like the rhythm of the parts, the, yeah. the arrangement is consistent enough to where like maybe if people were stepping out a bit more, it would get more complicated in the mix. Definitely. So like, yeah, it's funny because like I would say that this song is like perfectly mixed. Oh, yeah, man. Who did it? Vance Powell. Vance Powell. Yeah, dude's like a seriously hardcore, like Nashville yeah. legend. You know, I mean, he, he, I, I would say the song is expertly mixed. Yeah. But um, I also feel like maybe it's just the way it sounded when they recorded it. Yeah, that's the cool thing about <laughs> Dave Cobb and Vance yeah. Powell is they're not using computers. Yeah, yeah. They This is like the most classic way you can make a record. It's like they are in the studio together playing live as a band through an analog, you know, recording console, hitting tape, and then dumping to Pro Tools, obviously. And then when they mix, all mixing on the console. Yeah, which is sick. It is like the most organic. Why why do you think we got away from that? Time and budget. Yeah, yeah, You know, it's time and budget, you know. But to me, it's weird. I'm going to press you on these. But like, to me, it's like, it feels like it would actually cost less money and certainly less time if you were just like a killer group and you could go in and cut a take without any of that shit that's the, that's the theory right? you know it's the same thing it's like well if you do something cheaper it's going to take you longer to do and you end up spending more money it's like yeah. oh you hired a guy to come paint your walls for you know a hundred dollars and he messed up now you have to go hire somebody else type mm-hmm. thing you know like you can get down that rabbit hole like in the digital world but um i don't know i've never heard someone say they switched from analog to digital because they thought digital sounded better. Yeah. I hadn't heard anyone say that, but I've heard people say like, oh, but it's more convenient. You can do things quicker. You can recall faster. You can edit faster. Like those are all facts. Mm -hmm. But um, the Dave Cobb, Vance Powell style is so cool. And if they did it, Differently, I think these records would sound different. Yeah. There's no click tracks. Yeah. There's, they're just doing takes. And literally, I think I remember reading, I think in Tape Op magazine, they were doing a Dave Cobb story. <laughs> dude, yeah. You I'm know, not, Tape I'm Op. not going to let that one slide by without yeah. calling you out on oh, that. What dude. the fuck is that? Dude, Tape Op is like a <laughs> serious, like, like nerdy engineer magazine. Damn. They, studios get, you know, it's like, you oh, know, like cool, in the reception, cool, cool, there's cool, like yeah. magazines. <laughs> and tape op is one of them. And it's you obviously like tape op was a position before the computer became prevalent in recording yeah, studios. Yeah. The tape op was the person that ran the tape machine. Okay. They like did the punches. The human and, computer. Yeah. They were like the human computer. And so it's this magazine called Tape Op, and it's a great magazine. But they did a Dave Cobb story, and they were talking about, you know, doing his productions about like, you know, no click tracks. They're all in there. Yeah. He's playing acoustic guitar and they're just rocking. I think they were talking about one of the songs on this album being like oh yeah like that was the band take and you know this was chris's you know vocal take and that was it and we kind of mixed it the same day and it was done yeah yeah i love that yeah i i I definitely like making records in this way more like even 
with a lot of my like solo music, even though I record on the computer, I treat it like it's like a kind of like I don't really do any overdubs. I no. just cut takes. It's and, still a performance. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I think, um, I, part of me thinks it does sound like more, um, unique, like yeah. more urgent. Yeah. But I would say like, and when I play in, in groups and we don't cut with a click track, it sort of like emboldens the musicians more. Yeah. And like that kind of confidence and like, self-respect that you get from like really performing at your highest level kind of translates through the music. Does Absolutely. that make sense? Absolutely. It yeah. just fi- I f- feel like it fires up a band when you're like, we're not going to use a click track. It's and like, all on you. Yeah. And like, maybe you suck and you can't do it. <laughs> Most bands can't. Like we have to be realistic. <laughs> yeah. But if you can do it and, and it's a type of music that like is meant to be like a little bit, maybe more emotionally evocative. Right then like I think it's probably worth it. Although it would be funny to think about like a band like Metallica right. not using a, cl- a click track. Right. But maybe they don't. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how, how shit was working back then. How much do you trust Lars? With all my heart. <laughs> <laughs> no click track. <laughs> yeah, Lars was right. He was like, fuck Napster. They're coming for the industry. And everyone was like, fuck you, rich guy. Yeah. They, and and yeah. now we're all making 0.001 cent. Yeah. <laughs> he, like, he... He was like pretty much like a martyr for that yeah, movement. Like people will always be like, "Oh, Metallica, like they went against Napster," and people were like, "Oh, you make all this money," and now everyone wants to complain that they're not making any money. Yeah, it's like, well, it's it's tough. Like you know, as a as a music listener, I'm very pro free music. Yeah. Um, as a music creator, it, I don't feel as pro free music. Right. <laughs> I don't want to be. Um, that's the hard part. I think that's why a song like this is cool because like I don't think about different parts of the music industry when I listen to it. It's pretty present. Yeah, like this song, yeah. like I'm telling like I'm, I'm, I listen in my car and I'm just like, man, like this song just like takes you out of, like I'm driving down, what, La Vista Boulevard. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like no longer, I'm, I'm in the desert with Chris, man. Yeah. We're just, no more La Vista. Like. This song does, rem- does like make me like think back to like, traveling through like the American Southwest with a band I was in. It is very Southwest. We were so into watching this Mike Myers movie in the car, the love guru. Oh, (laughs) I like associate that with like Arizona. Yeah. Oh dude. Another thing like that I was thinking about with this song is like, I just watched um, Thelma and Louise for the first time. Okay. Which is like about these two ladies who like shoot this guy accidentally and go on the run. Yeah. Um, like through the American Southwest, and it's. I was like thinking about this song. Also, Hans Zimmer did that score, oh, which I really? love. Oh, yeah, dude, early dude, Hans. Like, we should, yeah, we gotta do a Hans. Hans thing, would be man. cool. Him and Stapleton would would do a cool thing together. Absolutely. Like we gotta make that happen. Yeah. I feel like he he would they would all appreciate each other. Yeah. And Dave Cobb would just play like a perfectly acoustic. rhythmically per- perfect acoustic guitar yeah. track. I love those stories Billy tells me about playing in cover bands with Dave Cobb. <laughs> really? I think Dave Cobb and Billy were in a cover band together. Like in the, in what era? I don't want to. Dude, this might be like 70s. 70s. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say. <laughs> like early 80s maybe. I you wonder know? what songs they were playing. I, next time I talk to Billy, I'll ask him. That's so funny. I think things have changed, like honestly, with music. Like we're not totally there yet, but I do think like where you're from is going to matter less and less. Yeah. Cause I think you could, I think you could lie and tell people you work out of LA and just live in fucking Boise or whatever. Yeah. And people it. would never know. Nah, It'd just be like, Oh, I'm traveling. Like, yeah. Who's that one dude who masters records all around the world? Glenn Schick. Yeah. Like he's way ahead of the curve. Dude's, dude's brilliant. And like, that's like literally. part of his hook. Yeah. Yeah. His hook is like, I can master your record like while I'm on the plane or yeah. while I'm in South Korea or I'm in Singapore. Like, and I think that's like more of the future. And like, granted, I think he does have a pair of like 
ten thousand dollar headphones yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> you know people are like oh if, if he can do it on his laptop and all this yeah. shit then i can it's like uh, no glenn schick has like he's the, got like a real shit the only mastering i need is waves lander l2 <laughs> lander <laughs> lander i hardly knew her <laughs> <laughs> right <laughs> nice dude nice yeah. is that tandy yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. all right how i close this out chris stapleton a gravelly, honey-tinged <laughs> voice filled with whiskey and weddings at rural-looking farmhouses while people listen to Eric Church. 